then you want to become and practice being more empathetic, you at the same time really work on your listening skills. Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me Jay and I'm with my girl Nina and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. We want to give a big shout out to our sponsors at All Ago Professional. We love you so much. Thanks for showing up with us on this podcast. And have you been on oligopro.com lately? We are suited up for all your unlimited opportunities with blogs, in-depth product knowledge on all of our wonderful collections. Nina, don't you love some oligopro.com? Listen, oligopro has so much information, so many resources. There is always free education when it comes yes. to um, technical education, hair color education, of course. There's always something going on. Blogs now are up and kicking, which is amazing. And of course, there are other classes that you can take on the Oligo Pro. If you wanted to do some paid education, you can do that as well. Jay and I also have some paid education. And then if you want to go on their business page, there is actually an entire business page with quick, short, little three to five minute videos of uh, all business tips, you know, with me. And I think we're up to about like 17 or 18 videos. So you can literally binge on mm. oligopro.com business on the business education tab, knock yourself out and just check out all of the amazing education blogs and resources that are going on. So there you have it. I love it. And I love you. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just get into today? Cause I feel like it is going to be one of our most listened to podcasts. I feel it deep down in my soul. It's going to be a good one because we have a gem of a guest mm. and we're talking about a topic that we've never talked about before. And it is all about emotional intelligence today. And this topic has come up before with uh, a prior guest that we had on and with Jay. And there's a lot of information out there about emotional intelligence. And I'm just ready to kind of dive into this because it is so important in our industry because we're dealing with people and different kinds of people that sit in your chair every single day. So I, I don't even want to go on and on. I just want to bring on our <laughs> guest because I'm so excited. So our guest today is actually an organizational, is that the right word? Organizational. Did I say that right? Yes. On it. Organizational psychologist and she is in the process of getting her doctorate right now which i absolutely love and fun fact she is a former hairstylist of 25 years so welcome in our friend and our guest today pepper pastor welcome hi thank you so much for having me i'm very excited to be here with both you nina and jay it's gonna oh. be a great conversation it absolutely is. And we are so fired up. So thank you for making space for us today. And we're going to shake them up. That's our goal. <laughs> yes, we are. And so funny thing, Pepper and I, we chatted a few weeks ago and I remember, cause I was always a fan and I always loved, you know, what you were doing in the education space and all of the things. And I'm like, where, how do I know her? Like, how do I, <laughs> what, 
I've seen her before. And so we've come to the conclusion that we actually, uh, I saw you at Art of Business in Philadelphia. And so that's kind of, yeah. and we're going back a ways because- that's a minute ago, yes. yeah. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a few minutes ago. Um, and yeah, but I think that what you're doing is amazing. And I'm actually excited to hear a little bit about your journey. So tell us a little bit about how you entered into the beauty industry and now then how you got into what you're doing right now. So kind of walk us through that journey. Yeah. So how I got in the beauty industry and how I got out of the beauty industry, right? (laughs) Uh, In and out. No, so I started um, doing hair pretty young when I was in high school. Um, Never actually wanted to be a hairstylist. Um, But my dad gave me really great advice of do what you're good at. And um, I was just really good at doing hair, very creative. And it was a way that I could be creative and make money. Um, So it made a lot of sense. And, you know, back then I I did get an undergrad at that time and was doing clinical psychology and and art history and just enjoying being a college student and having the income of of a hairstylist. So that was great, right? and then, you know, flash, flash forward years later, I've spent, I've had a 25 year career in the beauty industry. It's been amazing. I've traveled all over the world, worked for some of the top hair care brands, you know, internationally. Um, it's been a really exciting journey. Um, and, you know, was born and raised on the East Coast, Philadelphia, New York City. And about five years, five or six years ago is when things really transformed for me. And I just started started looking at what was outside of the beauty industry. And one of the, the key things of what started happening is I was traveling so much. So I might have been in two cities a week at that at that time. So, you know, being in New York City became less and less of a necessity. Um, and I started looking when I was traveling and what other people had and um, you know, I realized, hey, if I leave New York City, I could have a house, I could have a yard, I could do that, you know. And, you know, sure enough, I ended up meeting my incredible husband, moved to Austin, Texas. And, you know, from moving to Austin to, from New York, it, it really changed what my career looked like as a hairstylist, right? Working with celebrities and, and, and traveling and doing the work that I was. Um, it, it just, it did, it wasn't the right fit any longer for Austin. And so, I really dove deep and started looking at what I wanted to do differently. And it was also really important that, you know, Nina, you and I have kind of talked about this of like, you know, what's next after, you know, being in a salon, after owning a salon, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a process, right? But I knew, and, and I bless everyone's hearts that can, can do this, and I, I admire them so much, but I knew I did not want to be in my 60s behind the chair. I just knew that 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 wasn't going to be healthy for me or sustainable. Um, And so I started looking at all the leadership and and the work that that I had done and the conversations that I have with clients. And what I really loved was how people act in the workplace, Mm. right? So that is what an organizational psychologist Mm. is, is evaluating who we are at work. And to be honest, we are probably ourselves at work in terms of time. We work more than we're at home or more than we're having a weekend. Mm-hmm. So our behavior in the workplace and the, and the dynamics of, of um, within, you know, companies that we work in or teams that we're on, um, there's a lot there. 
And there's a lot to uncover and a lot to share, you know, with others about what that looks like and, um, you know, how it plays out in our life and, and, and in all of our relationships. So, wow. yeah. So I got my master's degree in that. And um, now I am I'm moving forward to my doctorate. And it's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is so phenomenal. And I love that you did speak about Pepper, how we talk about this all the time, how you can adapt and evolve your career and there's unlimited opportunities. And for you to just like wake up to that, to something else that you're passionate about and to taking our industry to the next level to really talk about the emotional side of beauty, because I feel like now we're becoming more aware than ever that Mm -hmm. that is extremely important. So Mm -hmm. I'm super excited for today and to dig deep with you. And I I do want to say we are going to talk about emotional intelligence. And I'm really excited to learn more from you on this. But first, can you define what emotional intelligence means? Like, what does it mean in general? And then we'll dive deep into it. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of read for you um, a great definition, right? A great working definition of what emotional intelligence means. Um, and please now, so emotional intelligence was coined in the, in the nineties um, by a researcher named Daniel Goleman. And um, the work had been done for years. There's been research that had come up in the 1930s, in the seventies, it's, it's, it's been done, but how he coined it, um, it was just in a, in a, you know, very recently in the nineties. So what it looks like is it's our ability to be aware of our own, our emotions, as well as the emotions of those around us in the moment, right? So live when, when, when you're having those emotions, when they're really the most relevant, not when you're thinking of them 20 minutes later and, and being able to understand what information is happening in your brain and manage your behavior based on that. Mm. Right. So what that looks like is, um, you know, Nina says to me something that's really mean and hurtful, <laughs> which I would never do, <laughs> right? And and maybe Nina's my boss, right? And I can't appropriately just snap back at her like I want to, you know. And there are people that don't care that someone's their boss, and they're gonna say, "Yeah, well, you're ugly," or what? As you know, something mean right back, right? So that's not emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is being able to evaluate. What that was in that moment, and and either this is one of my favorite little sayings called Q tip. Mm-hmm. So e- either being able to Q tip and quit taking it personally, mm-hmm. right? So maybe what that was directed at me, Nina just had a really bad day, whatever that looks like, and then ha- and then moving forward and reacting differently and monitoring your behavior. Mm-hmm. So how are you monitoring your behavior? Because guess what, guys. Are you ready for this? Groundbreaking. You cannot, you, you are not responsible and it is not your role to manage anyone else's behavior ever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You, can only, you can only own what you do and how you react. You, it is not up to you of how others react and how they treat you and what they're going to do with what you say. Not, it's, it's not for you. Absolutely. Yes. To that. And you can't control yeah. their, their emotions and behaviors. You can only control your own. And so I love this 
already that we're chatting about this. So <laughs> let's take it a little bit further and let's talk about it in our industry. Yeah. How does this, how does being emotionally intelligent tie into being a hairstylist? Because listen, we are working on so many different people throughout the day with so many different types of personalities and how, how does this pertain to the beauty industry, to service-based businesses, and especially to our hairstylists and salon owners that are listening? Yeah. So I am actually doing research right now. Um, I am spending the next five months on running um, actual data on why this is relevant in the beauty industry, mm -hmm. right? So mm. let's, we'll, we'll forward ahead, you know, maybe some months from now and then circle back and, you know, maybe I can share with you guys what that data looked like um, that, that I'll, be, I'll be conducting. But here's the deal. We're hairdressers, right? We are out there talking to, I mean, people share with their hairdresser more than they share with their psychologist. It's, it's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. They share, I mean, I've known when people were pregnant before their spouse knew when they were pregnant, right? There is so much information that is bestowed upon the relationship with a mm -hmm. client to a hairdresser, right? That's one relationship, right? So this is a multifaceted type of relationship. So you have the relationship that the, the the stylist has the client, you have the relationship that the stylist has with the salon owner, you have the relationships that the salon owner has with, you know, with the community, whatever that looks mm -hmm. like, right? So there, there's these multi-levels of, of relationships that a stylist or the role of the hairdresser has on an individual level, as well as a, a community level, right? You know, when you move to a new town, and you want to know what the beat is of that town, where do you really get all that information? You go to the beauty salon, the nail salon, whatever, and they fill you in on who, who's what, yeah. what's what in the town. Here's where to go. Here's where not to go, the whole deal. Um, they have, they're on the pulse, right? So with that becomes a lot of responsibility, right? I always think of the super Superman or Spider-Man. You know, you have a great power. You have great responsibility. So we as hairdressers have this huge responsibility on how we act with the emotions and with the, um, the, the intimate information that's shared with us of others, right? And so how that looks is, I mean, I'm just thinking that my, in my own day-to-day, -day, I have, I'll give you some different scenarios here. I have a client in my chair who is extremely loud, obnoxious, completely unaware of anybody else, doesn't care is you know do, do the, the client that literally will go on facetime while while you're putting her color on like mm -hmm. what are you doing we're not we're, we don't want to have have you yelling at your husband or whatever on facetime what yeah. happened here this is not the culture we're creating right and being able to have difficult conversations and own that whatever's happening with that client it's not appropriate. It's not for right here. How can we kind of massage or strategize that situation in a way that everybody feels great, even the client, right? So she doesn't feel disrespected. She, we don't want to make her feel stupid or, you know, that she can't do something or whatever, but that's one great scenario. Okay. I mean, is there anything that either of you can think of that, you know, like within the salon that you're like, oh yes, emotional intelligence moment. Hmm. Like, so I think of this often, sometimes, often, sometimes, right? I think of this often with hairstylists when 
it's, it's being mindful of the client's energy, feelings, and emotion when they come in and they sit down and they start, they're upset. You can tell that they're visibly upset. They are um, going through something. And I think sometimes what happens is hairstylists maybe get a little bit uncomfortable. And when stylists get uncomfortable, they end up talking about themselves. They end up Mm. taking it and turning it back on them. So this is what I did this weekend. This is how I handled things this weekend. This is what you know, I went to the pick apples and I did the, and all the while the client is kind of there just looking for a little bit more empathy, I think is what I'm trying to say at times. And so, and I've seen it happen, you know, many times. And I think it's just because it is uncomfortable to say, Judy, what's going on? What, what can I do for you? How, how can I serve you? Like, what do you, do you want to talk about it? How are you feeling? Like what, that's kind of the way that I, I think of it at times or something that came to mind. And I like, because, so I, I love this because, you know, I, I give you the polar opposite client, right? The one that's not aware. Yeah. And then you're trying, you know, you as a stylist are trying to force awareness in some capacity, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and all the other stylists are like, get her out now. Um, <laughs> but what the point that you raise is the ideal one, right? And this, this is the ideal scenario for how emotional intelligence is so, so valuable. So, you know, what that looks like is, and I was thinking recently of a, a, one of Brene Brown's um, talks that she did where you got to lean into this, to the discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? What does it look like to be more empathetic? And Empathy, you know, some people are born with more empathy than others, um, but empathy is something that you can learn. You can learn how to become more empathetic, just like you can learn how to be a better listener. So I kind of put together like two pieces of advice, you know, in order to, you know, one, I want to emphasize the importance of emotional intelligence, but two, like, you know, help share, okay, well, how, how do I increase mine, right? So the one is really upping your listening game. And what that looks like when you are listening to someone, focus on understanding them. You've got to understand what the other person is wanting to share or say to you, not focusing on being understood. So there's a difference. Ah, right. Right? Yes. You want to you communicate and listen to understand, not listen to be understood, not to raise your point and do this. So that's what happens. And, and Nina, I think you great, make a really great point. I've never you know, even kind of thought that through that a lot of hairstyles do this out of nerves mm-hmm. because it is uncomfortable to you know, be presented with something that might, not, might make us feel uncomfortable in some way or present a situation that we don't know how to handle. And that is the key significance in emotional intelligence is just strengthen our ability to handle things that can be difficult and the outcome of that is a much more fulfilling life deeper connections with people um and and ultimately if you want the real game the the real goal of this and the research that i'm doing is increased retention Mm. you are going to increase your client retention and for salon owners if you can be a more emotionally intelligent, empathetic, you know, there's 26 traits that are measured in emotional intelligence, um, empathy being just one of them. If you can be a highly uh, emotionally intelligent and tuned boss, 
salon owner, you are going to have higher retention with your staff as well. So it goes full circle as well as the clients that come into your salon because you're creating that environment of, of people really feeling understood. And, you know, one of the, the biggest things that if you break down human behavior, human knowledge, that's sort of, you know, what, what it is to be human and what humans want is we all want to feel heard. Yes. And seen. I think that is so beautiful. Yeah. There is another thing I want to talk about really quick. And I was just Mm -hmm. having this conversation in a class and I, I was like, listen, I think maybe this goes into emotional intelligence It's the way that we're viewing our clients. And I feel like now more than ever, our perception of the client moved to being a guest But whenever I think about them and the level of when we meet our guest, where we're at is whenever we change our dialogue to investors and we actually have investors sitting in our chairs every single day who are allowing our business to move and shake and grow. Mm -hmm. And the moment that we change our mindset about what they actually are rather than what we actually think they are. So it's like building that relationship leaning into being more kind and aware, like you're talking about, but I think this might also help, you know, refocus our mindset about Judy walking in and seeing her in a new point of view than anything else that we did before that may be negative. I like that. Yes. And what you're doing is you're reframing that and you are putting a new perspective on it. Yeah. As far as the role of the client, right? Um, and I gotta tell you, one of my most favorite, and you guys, you know, in life you'll you'll learn more and more about this of, of me. I'm obsessed with Mr. Rogers. I absolutely oh, yes. love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> there has never been anyone more emotionally intelligent than Mr. Rogers, right? Everything that we've you know talked about thus far he had an incredible way of not only making people valued, making them feel heard, seen, and of all different people on on the spectrum and, and getting other people. Not only did he do it, but us as the audience really approach that with wonder of like, oh, yes. how did this happen? Or, you know, how do you move in a wheelchair? I remember mm-hmm. these, these key moments as a, as a child and now even in research, um, myself and a lot of other PhDs have, have done numerous um, studies on, on Mr. Rogers. So I share that with you, Jay, because when, when you talked about looking and reframing about when the client comes in, just that client is your neighbor. They're your neighbors, right? So approach them and, and with this curiosity to be, you know, to be your neighbor one and two, when you approach things in a more curious fashion, you are going to have the most killer consultation and you're going to nail every single service. If that consultation is not about you, And that consultation is about digging deeper into the wants and dislikes of your client. It's going to be huge. (laughs) Pepper, you better show up and show out on this podcast today. (laughs) 
I'm just over here, like hanging on, hanging on. I know everyone listening right now is so giddy. I do want to talk about something. The word awareness is in the definition. And we're talking a lot about that, having awareness. So how, maybe give us a couple tips, one, two, or three, um, on how we can become more aware as stylist behind the chair and I know we've kind of talked a little bit about our conversation already, but yeah. maybe something specific, like so, that will help us really yeah. dig deep into that. I, I have one great technique. When you need to be more aware, both internally you know, for yourself and more aware of or others and those around you, ask questions. Mm. Okay. So when we had the example earlier and I said, Nina said something mean to me, I'm going to ask before I react. Okay, I'm not going to be reactive. I'm going to pause and I'm going to ask myself a question like, yes, this may seem weird, but it can, it can be something that can take, you know, two and a half seconds, right? I'm going to ask myself a question and say, that was really, you know, that was really mean what Nina said, how, you know, how are you feeling right now? What do you feel you need to do? You know, what's happening in your body? How's your body reacting? And one, one big thing that I remember when I started doing this work, it was probably about seven, eight years ago, living in New York City, I would notice going in and out of the subway that my body started reacting. And I knew that I started to notice that I hated living there, right? But it was more of an unconscious thing because I'm like, no, where else would I live? I live in New York City. F everything else. I never leave in New York City. You know? But my mind was doing this, but my body was rejecting it. My body was, you know, and so that's when, you know, when you have a splitting, when you, when you are lacking congruence in your mind and in your body, physical ailments will show up, right? That's when stress, you start to break down, you can start having burnout, all of these other things. So approaching your own self with curiosity, what do I need right now? What will make this better? Do I need to walk away? having those moments, those are going to help coach you internally. And then when it comes with a client, let's say you have a client who is really upset and you notice, you know, I, I see this constantly. Everybody can, I'm sure relate when you have a brand new client that's in for the first time, they walk through the door, it's awkward. They don't know where to stand or to what, you know, they just don't know it's new. And if, if there's not somebody there to, to be, you know, embracing and welcoming, you know, they're looking to you to do that. And then they sit in your chair and they're uncomfortable. So what questions can you ask? And don't ask questions about their hair right away. Ask about them and start to lower that anxiety in the, hey, I'm noticing right now that, you know, this is your first time in here. And that must be a really new experience. Like, how, mm. how are you doing with being here right now? right? Like we don't know the scope of that. And I mean, I can tell you a really upsetting story of a client of mine who was a new client. I noticed she was having extreme emotions. And so I forgot about her hair and I just sat and talked to her and this is just, it makes me tear up. But after, you know, we connected on that service and I'd seen her two or three more times. The last time that she was in the salon, she had lost a child and her hairdresser drove her to the hospital. So her being, I mean, it's like chilling, right? Her experience in a salon and with a hairstylist, it was a 
positive experience in the sense that this hairstylist went above and beyond mm -hmm. for her, right? But also so much pain at the same time and fear. So that, you know, who knows what, what's, what somebody has under that of what that experience looks like and not to play psychologist, you know, with our clients, I, I think there's a boundary there, but to really, um, to really ask some questions. Wow. I love that. That is so, so good because I think going back to <clears throat> when we had mentioned in the beginning, when I said, sometimes stylists feel uncomfortable, you know, handling those, um, diving into those uncomfortable conversations with clients, whether it's a, a client that may be upset, maybe angry, maybe a little bit abrasive. You know, if you are not a very, if you're not confident yet in your abilities behind the chair and feeling good and with experience and all the things, and that could come three years in, it could come 10 years in. But if you're not at that level, someone who comes in very abrasive, maybe like a Cindy comes in very abrasive behind the chair, it could rattle you a little bit and sometimes throw you off your game so listen, when clients come into the salon, we don't know what they're bringing with them. We don't know what they're carrying. And this is, this is where I stand to my, like, I'm, I'm very big on customer service. I'm very big on serving clients, right? Of course, yeah. we still need to have boundaries. However, clients should not be rude to you. They should not be pulling things out of your hand. They shouldn't be treating you with disrespect, right? However, I feel like Clients come in sometimes and they're nervous and they're anxious and they're scared and they're going through some things and it may cause them to act out of character. And I feel like as long as a client isn't being rude, isn't being disrespectful to you in your time, um, we owe it to that client to really show a little bit of empathy and meet them where they are. And I think that for me, because listen, we all know, and I've shared this before, I was not technically the most talented hairstylist. We know this, okay? I was good at what I did, but I wasn't great. But the reason why I had such a high retention and I kept my clients for years and years was because I took the time to understand who they were and where they came mm. from. And I just love to, to love on them. And so not that people are walking out with jacked up haircuts, but it's just that my strength was more so the people. And I want you guys to really understand this. This business is way more about relationships than it is about hair. Way more. You know, Nina, that made such a good point because, you know, over the years of, of kind of coaching hairstylists and being a very, very creative myself that I never wanted to be a hairstylist. And even when you know, yeah. the, the years happened that I, you know, like was in it, I was more a celebrity hairstylist, you know, fashion, you know, shows, campaigns, that sort of thing. I wasn't a behind the chair hairstylist. There's a very big difference there, mm -hmm. right? And the difference is hair versus a person, mm. right? When you're doing shows, when you do, it's like, it's like, no, what's the look? What is the look? Don't care so much what this human being's needs are. I need to complete this look, right? So two very, very different things. And I will tell you, I've seen a lot of extremely talented, I mean, unbelievably talented stylists, you know, Instagram fame, whatever you name it, um, that they just, they, they have very low retention. They have very high volume because a lot of people want to get in their chair, but low retention because they don't care whether or not that hairstyle is even good on you. <laughs> They don't care. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a trend. It's what they're technically sound in and then they do it. 
and it doesn't necessarily match your yeah. needs as the client, right? So on the flip side of being somebody that you're a good hairstylist, but you really understand people. And I think one, one key thing, one key takeaway of, you know, if you're listening is you need to know and own what hairstylist are you? Are you the hairstylist that wants to show all these awesome hair? Because that's great. We need lots of you to be inspired by. Or are you the one that's going to nurture clients? Who are you in that? Mm. I love that question. Who are you as a hairstylist? <laughs> I so love good. that. And it's, you know, it's so good to start asking yourself these questions right away. You know, when you come out of school, because you have to, you know, figure it out. It's going to take a little bit of time. You do everyone, right? When you come out of school. And then we can figure out who we are as a hairstylist, who our perfect target client is, and really dive deeper into that. So good. I could literally, Jay, I know you feel the same, could talk to you all day. Same, same. Same, third. Wow. So we, I mean, we talked about some pretty serious stuff, but we like to end on a real happy note. So yay. Miss <laughs> Pepper, we are going to do what we like to call rapid fire questions. Oh Lord. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. I embrace it. Bring it on. <laughs> yep. All really simple, easy, fun, light stuff. And it's how many you can get in one minute's time. So how many questions you can answer in one minute. So okay. I'm going to have the timer and then Jay is going to ask you these amazing questions. Okay. So, you ready? Are you Jay? ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Are you ready, Pepper? Terrified. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Don't think too much. That's all. Uh, yeah. Right, ready? Three, uh -huh. two, one. Let's go. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite day of the week? Monday. Favorite holiday? Halloween. First celebrity crush. Sean Connery. Oh, do you snore? No. Favorite, <laughs> favorite junk food. Favorite what? Junk food. Chocolate chip cookies. Say a word in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> favorite number. Four. Uh, what's the best age? All of them. Okay. Virtue or sin? Virtue. Yes. Sourdough <laughs> or wheat? Wheat. What's for dinner tonight? Chick Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Godfather or Star Wars? Godfather. Yes. Yeah, done. Yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I love it. That was very fun. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And we love doing rapid fire because it just like wraps it up, but it also like gets to know you a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So that was so much fun. Thank you for one, yeah. being on the podcast and two, doing rapid Thank fire. Thank you with both us. so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I've had so much you know, great, a great time, you know, sharing stuff with both of you. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. And we'd love to have you back after you do all of your data and your research. That would be amazing. Yes. Cause Maybe then I will that. have some, yeah, I would love that. Cause then I can have some really significant key pieces of information to mm. share with you both. Yes, yes please. That would be awesome. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? If you have a website, where can people connect with you? 
Great. So right now I would love for people to connect with me at Pepper Pastor, just on Instagram. It's at Pepper Pastor. Um, you know, just kind of if you have questions, you liked what you heard, you want to hear more. Um, I'd love, I'd love that. And I have a new company that is going to be coming soon that I will kind of launch on Instagram. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, can you tease it? What is it? Yes. Um, if it's going to be a great company that is going to help you connect your purpose in life to the work that you do and the 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 key part of it is if you want to know more about emotional intelligence and actually want to know what your eq is Mm -hmm. your your quadrant of what you rate as emotional intelligence as well as other personality tests Mm. um it's going to be a company to run personality assessments and and of the sort with with people people and companies Mm -hmm. interesting i love that yes Yes. sign (laughs) me up Right. Cool. <laughs> so everyone listening, make sure you go and follow Pepper on Instagram. Be sure to follow our amazing sponsor at Oligo Pro and my best guy at it's Mr. J Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Pepper, thank you again so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.